All right, guys, welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. We're super excited to bring this episode to you guys. As you can see, we're in the new location. We've got our new set set up today. We are joined by Hugo Guzman, realtor, investor, extraordinaire, father. He's a cool guy. I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Hugo, and uh, we'll get the show on the road. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Scott. Um, I like that. Cool guy. That's it. That sums it up pretty much. <laughs> yeah, my name is Hugo Guzman. I've been um, doing real estate now for closer to four years. I just started getting into maybe a little investment stuff um, this last year. But uh, I do real estate mostly with buyers. I got some sellers just because I just gravitate bringing buyers, I guess. It's just my, my vibe. So I've been doing that. Uh, I have four kids and this is my full-time gig. I actually sold my house so I could go into real estate full-time. The funny little thing that not really? everybody knows. When was that? Four years ago? Um, that was a year before COVID. This is uh, October 2019. Wow. Damn. That's I, pretty recent. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I'd been doing real estate part time for two and a half years at that point. And I never got like major traction. And I realized it was because everything I made was just extra. It was just like cherry yeah. on top. Like, yeah. cool. Another house, whatever. I wasn't pushing it. And I felt bad for being part of my group or the brokerage where I'm like, man, these guys are hustling every day. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. I'll show up where I won't. So I made a decision that I needed to buy back my time and my freedom and mm -hmm. I'd rather bust my ass and do whatever I had to do to make that happen. You know, I got mm -hmm. wife, I got kids and when you work for somebody else, you're so limited to your income. And I thought, let's just do it. And luckily my wife first thought I was crazy and my, <laughs> my family definitely thought I was crazy. They still don't understand. They're worried about me every, every day. <laughs> my, my dad to this day is like, how you doing? He'll call me up out of the blue and be like, you doing okay? Yeah, I'm, like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. How's business? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we're still praying for you. You know, we're just making sure because <laughs> nobody in my family is an entrepreneur that way. So mm -hmm. to them, mm -hmm. this is madness. So yeah. Wow. And my yeah. wife's side of the family, they're all entrepreneurs. They're like, dude, good for you. About time. You know, nice. we're waiting for nice. you. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, with her blessing, we sold a house. Um, we got a condo and we used all those funds to help me invest in my own business for education purposes, everything I had to do to prepare myself to go into real estate and, you know, have a nice cushion in case I was terrible at it. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily good thing it's been you good work. so far. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think that ties in perfectly for what we wanted to kind of talk about today and how all that happened. Cause Scott and I, we wanted to bring you on. You guys just JV'd on a wholesale deal, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And that was your first investment deal. That was my first, First ever, yeah, investment deal for sure. See, so now you are an investor. Now you can say I'm an investor. <laughs> the fu the funny thing is, I never really thought about it until I was redoing my uh, email signature, and I said, you know what, realtor slash investor. Boom. Like, every real, every, I think most. And now it's true. Now that. it's true. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So going back, you you mentioned 2019, taking the leap and just. It, selling your house to go all in on real right. estate, right? Started as a real estate agent. How did it feel to take that jump to start going towards investing? Why did you even want to start moving towards the investment that, space in the first place? That's a great question. Uh, I think once you get into real estate, and I tell everybody, if you're thinking about going into real estate, there's so many different avenues. And as an agent, I started being exposed to different opportunities and I saw agents my first month that I was there, 60 years old, 65, N no offense to those guys, but I was like, man, they're still slinging houses. Like mm -hmm. if you don't work, you're not doing anything. And 
the one thing that I'm always going to be grateful for in real estate is that it forces me and everyone around me that were very productive. They all talked about mindset and reading books and getting educated. And when I started doing that, as soon as I jumped in, one of the things they said is like, you got to realize what works for you. How can you make your money work for you and all these things? And then when I started researching that with real estate, investments keep cupping up and all these things. So in the back of my mind, I always kind of tucked that away and thought, this is something that I'm going to have to do, that I need to do. Um, I was always iffy because I had no idea really how to do it. I knew how to get people in the contracts and do that. But every time I was doing a deal, I was like, wow, I wish I had the money. I could buy this one. This would be sweet. And then you just start learning more, you know, YouTube University or whatever. And you, you think you kind of have the concept and the idea of how it gets done. But you really don't know, like, step by step. And I'm the kind of cautious person anyway where I need to research everything that I can in order for me to take action because I just want to feel confident. I never want to gonna kind of go into it blind because I assess all my risk. Okay, is this a risk am I, I'm willing to take? Can I absorb this if something goes wrong? What's my next step? All that. And once I have those steps, let, dude, let's go do it because I feel good now. And that's where my buddy Scott kind of, I, I knew you were putting stuff on social media and I, I'm going to be completely honest here. I don't know if anyone would do this. Me and you started real estate around the same time, and it yeah. blows my mind. Cause I, I still, I don't know why it resonates with me. The first time I saw you, you were handing me a cup of coffee. You were at a coffee shop, uh-huh. and you're like, "Dude, are you in real estate?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, like I am." And I felt good for like two seconds because I just got my <laughs> license. <laughs> I had just got my license like, yeah, like I'm two, realtor. like two weeks ago or something. And he's like, "You're all cool, cool, man. Yeah, I'm gonna quit my last day. I'm gonna go do uh, real estate now full time." And I was like right on brother like good for you he's like yeah i do marketing all this stuff so that's cool um so i remember following your stuff later and you joined a team and you went all in i knew that about you right yeah so in those two years when i was still at my full-time job managing people good salary good way i mean no Mm -hmm. complaints i mean it it provided a good living for me Mm -hmm. i just felt kind of tied down i was watching you kid that was much younger than myself (laughs) kill it on in real estate what you were posting, the homes you were selling, all this stuff. I'm like, dude, this guy's killing it in real estate compared to me. Uh, and I was like, dude, maybe I should have gone full time. Like this guy. You know, like- it's funny you say that because I still remember that too. I was telling Cade, really, you and I met kind of through social media. That's yeah. how you and I became friends. But right. it was like the diving headfirst thing is important in real estate. I think there's like a feast or famine mindset for a right. lot of competitive people, which we all three are. Um, who want to just make it no matter how hard it is. And I think you've noticed that because once you went head first, you had the cushion and the safety net, right? But right. you and I were just talking, you got three closings like today. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're crushing it now too. And so I think that there's an important part that you have to be full time to really feel that yeah, like, yep, yep, grind. Feel like you're going to shit your pants and then that right. really, that, <laughs> like that really gets you moving. Honestly, like you got to be nervous. There's yeah. some things in life that if you don't have that pressure, you're just not going to execute. And uh-huh. in, in my own life, and I'm going to be very transparent again, there's a point in my life where my wife ended up leaving her job because she wanted to stay home and take care of our daughter who was like one and a half. And mm-hmm. that whole story, she, she was getting emotional that she saw my daughter one time out in the daycare area by herself like sobbing. And my wife just happened to drive by that day. And, she, and that just tore her apart. She's like, you know what? I'm going to quit. Is that okay? And I said, sure. Well, that took a dramatic cut into our income right. and our lifestyle too. So for a while we were kind of struggling. And I remember the days when I would feel so inadequate as a man and as a provider, I'm like, damn, like, dude, we're struggling right now to pay like basic bills and stuff. Like, that's not cool. And I went to school and I did all the things I was supposed to do that I was told to do. And it's just not cutting it. 
And it's not that I'm not trying it. Mm -hmm. I don't have the best intentions. And that's when I started trying to figure out, okay, how can I make more money? Mm -hmm. But at that point, I realized no matter when things got tough and I buckled down, both me and my wife, like we always got out of it. We always moved forward. But it was that like, okay, shit, we have to make something happen now. We made it happen. And I look back in my life. Anytime I set a goal, anytime I had something that I had to achieve that way, mm-hmm. I always knocked it out. And it's like that fire. If like you don't get it done, it's, you're in trouble. And I think some people just need that. I guess I needed that. Mm-hmm. And it's always a constant reminder to me, like, I can't go back to that. When you're backed into a corner, you you come out swinging. And I, you would I've be seen, surprised. I've seen it. Well, because you and I were chatting, too. I mean, I talk with a lot of investors or people that want to get into investing. And you were like, look, I'm going to make this happen no matter what. Yeah. And <laughs> like... Over the last year, you've called me multiple times and you've been like, here are what I have. Can we make this happen? Can we make this happen until we finally got to this deal? And mm-hmm. it was like, boom, the second you had it, you executed and it and it went flawlessly. So it, I've, I've seen that even too in you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, so what happened is I always thought about getting some kind of wholesale deal. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to try to flip something because that takes more time. I'm not sure. It, I take a lot of time to make decisions usually. So if I'm not with someone that just, hey, have it all lined up, pull the trigger, I'm like, dude, I'm going to overthink it. I already know that about myself. So <laughs> let me just wholesale it. I don't have to think about anything else I have to do. Make a quick, you know, some uh, bigger than any average commission I would normally get, right? Um, so, yeah, I hit you up on a, a deal from a buddy that I knew. Um, he wanted uh, to sell their house, and I thought, hey, this might be a potential to maybe do something like that. Because I looked at the area, I looked at the price point. I knew enough to kind of just run the numbers and be like, hmm, this looks like this could be actually manageable. And just depending on, uh, based on the conversation I had with him before, I knew he wasn't trying to sell for top dollar. There's motivation behind that, right? And I knew from books, re- when I grew up reading stuff and, um, and in real estate, it was always like, I always remember saying, you never want to be like the best looking house on the block. You know, you want to get a house that's in a good area, but like run down or whatever. And this house wasn't exactly like that, but there was other homes in there. I was like, man, this is, there's a lot of potential to bring it, to, to bring it up. Right. So mm-hmm. that's when I hit you up. I'm like, Hey, this guy says he wants to sell. What do you think? I ran the numbers again, amateur running numbers. I'm not sure. I'm like, you, you tell me, what do you think? And then you kind of gave me the feedback that was, that was really close. And I said, Hmm, okay, this maybe maybe it's going to work. I'm going to go mm-hmm. talk to him. Cause I was at a point where I don't say you don't have nothing to lose, but if I never go out and try to do wholesale deal, then I'm going to what we call uh, some other agent called like mental masturbation. Like in your mind, you're just thinking about it over and over. I'm going <laughs> to wholesale that deal so bad. And if I were to wholesale that house, I'd make 50K. Oh, my God. Like it does nothing. Like you're imagining it and, yeah. and the lifestyle. Like, But you're just sitting there in bed all alone in the middle of the night and you haven't done anything. Right. So, so Hugo, let's. I, I, you mentioned something important. I want to dive into the details a little bit more of the nitty gritty stuff. Sure. So, you said when you were talking to the seller that they didn't really want to listen on the open market. That was one factor that right. made you think, you know, this is a good investment deal. How did that conversation go over with the seller? Why didn't they want to go on the open market? Why? Why was you know making a cash offer to them something that was appealing to them? Yeah, uh, in this particular case, I when I first went to go talk to them about the value of their home, what it could potentially go for, I went with an investor number, and then I also went with an open market number. And the reason I did that is I knew in the back of my mind, if they're even okay with this, then there's a possibility, like very soft kind of pitch to it. And they're like, hmm, that's not bad. And they really responded well to saying, 
this is an investment, you know, uh, an investor would typically offer within this range. You know, I so said I'm putting it like towards the lower end, but this is normally where they would probably start. So I'm just being completely honest. But if you're open to that, there's some perks to it, right? They can close in 10 to 14 days, all cash, no contingencies. They're going to cover all of your fees. What your net here at the end, that's what you walk away with. And you don't have to do anything to the property. They buy it as is. And they were like looking at each other and both the couple was like, man, that sounds pretty sweet right now. Mm -hmm. And the thing is with a lot of people that have it, you know, that we are able to do wholesale deals with, they have some kind of sense of urgency to them. There's something going on that's motivating. Otherwise, most people would just say, give me an extra. Yeah, make the extra 30 grand. Yeah, Yeah. whatever happens to be. So I just saw the way they responded to that, that it was like, okay, there might be something here. And then I showed them the other options if you put it at the top of the market but i told them in order to get top dollar you have to clean up the place you might have to fix things they're going to run inspections they're going to be asked to fix this you're going to have strangers coming into your property basically all the time um and right now there's it's just crazy i mean we'll have i hear people's 50 showings in two days or way yeah. more than that it, no, right it, and at it, the price point we were at which was under two hundred thousand, <laughs> it would have been insane it, it would have been like lines Honestly, like lines, uh, it was such a great price that for a starter home and investment, like everyone would have jumped on that one. I mm-hmm. mean, not just mm-hmm. normal buyers, but investors would have been looking at that property. And you express that to them too. And I let them know. And the one thing that in talking to you helped clarify for me is like, dude, just tell them everything. Do you want to really make sure that the seller is okay with this? Right. We're not in the business of taking advantage of people. We're looking for the best scenario for them. And I even remember when you called me, I was like, are Are you you sure sure you really (laughs) went over listing? I was like, you know, there's a difference here. And you're like, I talked to them about everything and they are interested in hearing what you have to offer. Now, that's a big, that's a big part of what we do. Always priding ourselves in being open and honest and and taking that consultative approach and and putting all options on the table. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you have to present all the options and give them all the information and pros and cons to each, but ultimately the seller gets to make that decision. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I tell people, I don't even know what I'm gonna have for lunch, let alone <laughs> if I'm gonna sell my house and for how much, like that's a big time decision and right. I, I like to overthink things. So if you give everybody the information, they're gonna kind of tell you which way to go. But secretly, yeah, in my back of my mind, I mean, I couldn't help also but thinking, man, but if they wanna wholesale this bad yeah, boy, like, yeah, this would yeah. be a good sale. Um, but yeah. But, you know, when you were saying, hey, just make sure, just check with them, ask them again. So when I was doing that, like, yeah, okay, yeah, we'd rather do that. We don't want to deal with the showings. And I thought, mm-hmm. okay, okay, this sounds good. Yeah. And so, uh, again, as long as you know you come from a place of contribution, that's something that's good for them. That's what they wanted. We're just helping solve problems, right? And at the end, that's what we did. Right. So at that point, that's when you reached out to me? Uh, yeah. So as soon as I had the initial conversation with them, I said, okay, cool. They're open to it. <laughs> and then reality hit me like, like crap oh how do i do this what do i do next okay. like this is what i've uh, read about but i don't know like okay i don't even have a contract i don't have anything what am i gonna do so i think i initially hit you up for like a contract I'm like hey buddy what's up scott and again Cade was in the car when you called me oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, rem- I remember that clearly yeah <laughs> and, that, and that you were like i have two <laughs> potential deals but oh, one's yeah, yeah. a little more serious than the other and you said can i get the contract and i was just like yeah, text me your email. I'll shoot it over if you want help talking about how to get that wrapped up. Yeah, I was surprised. I was I'm like, man, this, what an easygoing guy. He just said, yeah, <laughs> sure. I thought he'd be like, what's this for? Who is it like? Oh, this guy's going to try to mus- no. muscle into the deal or something like that, you know? So 
I was at first a little hesitant. I was like, man, maybe I can research it all. I'm like, dude, there's people here, you know? Yeah. And I always, when I catch myself not having a scarcity mindset, I always come back and I'm like, no, no, no. You know what? I'm going to reach out if he wants help. Cool. And if not, someone else is going to help me out, right? Just going to line up that way. So I was happy you did that. And you're like, yeah, here you go. <laughs> I was just like, wow, crap. I was fast. Like, he just sent it over to me. Yeah. He, he didn't really ask too many questions or anything. And if you need help, and uh, inevitably, yeah, I did. I was like, yeah. Cool. This looks great. What does this mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Scott, I know uh, I want to ask you because I know we've talked a lot. We were just talking yesterday with somebody um, that we meet and get answer or get questions from a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I think you were talking yesterday. You're meeting with, you know, three, four people a week. Um, I met uh, with two yesterday, two yesterday. Yeah. We're, we're both getting a tons, tons of questions over social media, people wanting to learn more, but our big thing was, you know, we meet with these people and then 99% of them take our time and take all the information, which we're happy which to get, fine. which is completely fine. fine. And then don't do anything with it. So I'm curious, what was different with Hugo? What did you like about Hugo? What progress did you see with him taking the info and the questions he was asking you and then coming back and showing progress and going for more? There's two things. So one, I had known Hugo for over a year. Yeah. Hugo had hit me up a few times. We've, we've interacted on social media, things like that. What was the most important for me it was that like you came back. Every time you came back, you were at the next step. So the first time you hit me up, you said, what do I have to do? Uh, if I think this is a deal, I said, you got to run your numbers, present mm -hmm. the numbers that once you have that, then come back. And then you did that. And then uh, it, there was a while, there was a break. And then it was like, Hey Scott, can I have the contract? And I was like, this guy's on the next step. Yeah, I was boom. like, I was sitting there. That's why I didn't think twice. Cause I was thinking there, you know, I, I, I don't need to get paid on that deal. I'm happy that I did. But like, if you get that deal, I know that I played a small part in that little role for sure. And that down the line, you're going to remember that. And like, if there's a time that I can help, you're going to call me. Right. And that if there's a time I need help, I know I can go to you and you're not going to be like, man, you know, F off. <laughs> like when, if you became like this huge investor, right. wait, I'll be able to go to you for the rest of my life and say, hey, hey, Hugo, can you help me with this? Yeah, <laughs> I remember you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was cool because you always came with the next step. And then you always were very courteous in my time too. like you call, you said it, you got it. And then the next time, if you had a question about the same thing, you shoot a text and you'd be like, right. hey, just following up. Just do these numbers look right. Right. Yes or no kind of what would it need to be at okay i mean i i understand real estate it's a lot about time and once i went full-time i was like holy crap now i know why people in real estate drink so much like it's not even not even a joke it's just like i don't say stress but there's like an endless task of things that we have to do because you're starting a business right mm -hmm. i mean acquiring there's like the dollar producing activities that we have to do prospecting and all this stuff but then you still want to work your sphere you want to do, create marketing you got to administrative back-end stuff administ administrative your business finance like there's not That's enough there's not enough time yeah so when i had a question like dude let me hit him up real quick and you're really quick too like to the point pleasant conversation hey do this follow back if you have any questions let me know cool shoot you a text that kind of thing so you were a good support and um the biggest thing for me is like i had to swallow my pride again i'm like dude i'm a 36 year old father of four <laughs> this kid's like 22 was, yeah like 22 years old thanks it still hurts still hurts when i say it out loud i'm 23 um, now 23. Uh, 23. yeah i feel better uh, <laughs> no but it's like 
it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, he knows something that I don't. And I could be prideful and be like, no, nah, I don't need his help. And nothing would have happened. Mm-hmm. But it's just because you've mm-hmm. been around it. And I think that's a testament to surround with people doing what you want to do, living the life that you want to live, doing, you know, and you just, you learn so much by being right. around that, right? A hundred percent. I mean, so I'm like, Scott it's why I'm so great generous. People. It, yeah, it's I mean, not my knowledge. I got it from somebody else. I didn't go through it. all the grinding of figuring out the first time. I mean, yeah, I grinded to actually, you know, get proof of concept to do it. It's taken me a few years, but like, dude, I was gifted with generous people around me. So, and we, w- we wouldn't be where we're at or gotten where we are, or where we're going. If people didn't take the same time and, and put that in, we still in, into us. Right. And yeah. so it, we're just passing it on. I mean, I appreciate that. I mean, and that's the cool thing again about real estate, the people that are at the top, the people that are producing, they're just givers, man. And, and they often had to grind it out. And there's a mutual respect cra- for other yeah, grinders. Right. Exactly. Uh, no mean, matter where you're at and you eat crap and sometimes it sucks and you, they learn that experience. And I mean, often we do that in our own lives with your parents. But we're always like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about until you do it. You're like, oh, yeah, it made sense why they told me that. But the same thing in business. It just when you happen to see more money. I mean, yeah. and that was a big thing for me. I respect my parents tremendously. I mean, my dad immigrated here when he was 13, started his family, busted his butt. And when I got into real estate, one of the things that blew my mind, I was like, dude, like this is work and it is work but it's different from what i grew up and i'm like there's people busting their butts out in the field doing all this stuff for minimum minimum amount of money i'm like and i made phone calls i did because i knew some things Mm -hmm. you're able to make way more right and that was always very humbling to me so i don't take this lightly at all you know we're blessed to be able to be in this industry and to help people we help solve problems and we're compensated uh in a really really fairly yeah absolutely generously generously but but at the end it's about bringing value and helping people do that and i appreciate your time doing that but yeah at the end i had to put pride aside and be like where's the knowledge who has it who can help me and then execute on it because i was yeah. tired in myself of not taking that step so i'm glad you know you saw that because i'd asked enough questions and i think i just needed somebody to look back and you're like yeah keep going like thumbs up we were sitting good. there i hung up the phone the conversation that Cade and i had was i was like Dude, that guy's a grinder. I was like, I swear, he's brought me like three or four phone calls where he's like, dude, I got something. I was like, I know I can feel that he's going to get it. I said, I don't know about this one deal. There was one over by Bullard High, and I was like, the numbers don't seem right. But I was like, I think this other one is like going to legit happen. And then from there. um, And it did. (laughs) You know, you you and I talked. You called me back. You said, hey, you know, can you come help uh, set something up here? We talked about how there might be a benefit of me coming in as an investor. Uh, and as a third party, being able to say the, the, the stuff that's not always fun for a seller, like it's nice to hear that they're going to have an easy right. transaction. But, you know, I think the original range you gave them was 120 to 140. Something like uh, that. Yeah. Or some, I don't quite remember. And I went in that the first appointment, I said, look, I'm, I'm really closer to 125. And that's not a great thing to hear because they usually, when they hear a range, they hear the top number. Right. And it was nice to have both of us because you had that relationship with them where it's like, look, you don't have to take his offer. He's just an investor. Yeah. But if you do, like, he's a legit guy. Like, right. This is what the numbers are going to be. Dude, I'm going to be honest. Like, I was so impressed when you went in because I knew how young you were. I'm like, this guy's talking like he's 30 years old. Like, he's going, he has his mortgage and his kids. And he's like, oh, yeah, we're here to make you feel comfortable. <laughs> so you had your, I don't say your, your scripts right, but I could tell, like, you believe it. Because I talked to you before I knew the person you were. But I was just impressed of how it came off. And I was like, hmm. Yeah. Look, <laughs> look at him go. And, and the main reason I wanted you to jump on that, that deal was because not necessarily that I didn't feel comfortable, 
but I think I wasn't the investor really, you know, I'm not the one that had all the knowledge. The one that has all the investor knowledge that really knows the numbers is going to be Scott. So let me introduce him, bring it to him and he can present that side. And I'm just going to be advising him the whole time of exactly. This is the numbers he came. If you don't want to, no problem. And there was a couple times where they were not happy. They didn't want that. And we didn't push it. I said, okay, cool. No worries. Think about it. Took it. Two, it took us a, like over a full week for them to, yeah, it was close to, to like, come to a deal. Almost closer to two weeks. But yeah, they were coming back and forth and they weren't sure. And you're like, well, you know, my numbers are still here. And they were iffy about it. But you could tell they were still motivated. Right. And we had still discussed about putting it on the market and they still didn't want to do that. So, well, then this is going to be the way to go. And mm-hmm. eventually we got to the number and it all worked out because mm-hmm. you guys worked some magic too at the end. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, well, we'll go over the numbers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just about to say, let's, let's take a deep dive into the numbers. You guys were saying you were closer to 125. So let's go through what you guys actually locked up the contract at and then kind of talk a little bit about how the escrow process was, how you guys, you know, figured out finding a buyer, um, you know, getting photos kind of, Go through the details on on how the escrow period went. Yeah. Yeah. Well, once we get it, um, we finally agreed on, I think, 140, right? 140. What was the list price that you had offered to them that they could potentially list it as is for? I think as is without them them doing anything. I think it was like 190 or something like that, 180 something. And and so 180 something or 190 after closing cost commissions and and everything, it was only going to be, if I remember correctly, it was like 35,000 different. Yeah, it, it wasn't. Yeah, it was like got thirty grand more or something like that. But which we we explicitly we actually brought it up to him at the appointment. I said, "Are you sure that you would like to right. take this? Because it's going to be thirty thousand less. I'll make sure it's easier, but it is a difference." Right. Um, and again, that's why it made me feel comfortable. Like we multiple times, and even in my head, I was like, "Dude, they already answered you. Like, <laughs> you don't have to tell them again." But you were like going out of your way, so that cued me. Like, we really want to make sure because honestly, at the end of the day, I don't want anyone to think that I forced them and kind of force them to go a different way where again we presented the the options we asked them multiple times is this really what you want to do these are the benefits the pros and cons and and they they chose one way until when they got to their number yeah mm-hmm. so i know when i ran my numbers i think it was like 130 so, and i did very simple i just took what the uh what is it called apr the, uh, uh, arv arv after repair value i was like um maybe if it was a 10 out of 10 maybe 220 you know, and then I took about 60% of that. So I kind of had a general range and I kind of asked you and you were talking about, well, let me do holding costs and all these other things that I wasn't mm-hmm. really anticipating. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, I get it. I see how that margin really shrinks really fast if the numbers aren't making mm-hmm. sense. So um, ultimately we went back and forth and they settled on 140. And from that point, you're the one kind of just kind of took over. And I, right. I really appreciated you doing that because I said, okay, cool. Even if I would have locked <laughs> it up, I would have walked it over to you. Anyway, I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this paper now. Like they signed right. it. Great. What's the next step? So I know you scheduled us to go take some photos of the property so we could blast it to a bunch right. of investors, right? Right. So once we had the contract signed, which took a while, took us two weeks, we did a digital signature. We set up a time and I said, hey, you know, Hugo, can you work with the sellers? Set up a time for us to come back. We're going to get photos and video walkthrough. We have to document the condition of the property one time so well that nobody else needs to go through. At that point, we did that. We got photos of everything. Um, the property was pretty filled with stuff, so you couldn't really get a great idea of everything, but you could tell from the video and the photos that it wasn't thrashed. Uh, it was more of a cosmetic flip. So the mm-hmm. cool thing was from there, um, over the last few years, obviously, we've built up a mailing list or an email list for mm-hmm. all of our buyers. And 
honestly, before we even put it on our blast, we use a uh, program called MailChimp. I called a few of the heavy hitters that I knew and I said, hey, here's an off-market deal. Let me know what your best offer is. And I don't give them numbers most of the time. And right away, somebody came back with 165. Uh, right then, we were putting it on the market. He took a little long to get back. We, we blasted it out to our buyers. We got seven offers for 170 in about an hour and a half. He raised his offer to 170, turned out to be somebody I had a good relationship with who's closed deals quickly, and uh, we locked it up. So we made the 140 to 170 difference, which was 30 grand. Um, we kind of locked that up in about 48 hours of getting our contract. Mm -hmm. We had their end buyer's deposit in escrow. I fronted 500 bucks for us. Right. And uh, at that point, we were locked and loaded. All we needed to wait for was for the sellers to move out, and we were good to go. That was I was impressed and also kind of shocked how fast. As soon as we got back to the office, like, all right, let's go ahead and uh, get we're, – we're building, like, you know, a little um, – The marketing the, email. The, the yeah. market email, just like, <laughs> hey, you know, sale. Here, check, guys, check it out. And you're Hot like, Fresno deal, right? fire emojis. Yeah, because we, we were all sitting <laughs> oh, in yeah, that's the right, conference that's right. room. We had Andrew Cunha here. We had here. Andrew Cunha here with us too. And I remember it it, it all happened so quick. Did we're sitting there putting together the email, and then, then we're just sitting back and waiting and hanging out five, ten <laughs> minutes, and then boom, all of a sudden – we get at, we get you guys up to that 170 and then just like that just like that and we were done no and that was that was the crazy thing to me i was like dude all that work and then it's boom and my first i was like why don't we have three more of these guys like let's just go the Can the we... hard part's all in here man exactly like the process is simple if you have the deal everything works out and for us think about how easy the rest of that escrow was once we had locked up the deal our whole job you and I just communicated the whole time yeah. was with the sellers. Hey, what do we need to get you out? What do we need to yep. get you out? And at the end, we had a couple hiccups. The sellers took a little long to get out, so we had to do an extension. Um, we'd given them 30 days, and then we, we paid out of pocket to have my trash out guy to go out, clear out the right. property because it had to be vacant of all personal stuff. So we saved them a 1000 bucks there. Um, but at the end of the day, it, everything wrapped up smoothly. The end buyers didn't give us any problems once we signed contracts. Uh, we were good to go. You and I never had a single ounce of fear that they wouldn't close. No. And uh, we could we could focus the rest of our time on finding the next deal. Yeah. I mean, that was the big takeaway for me from this whole deal was the whole work, all the energy needs to be spent on finding the deal. Because once you find it, like you can't even hold on to it long enough. It, it was gone. In this market. In, in some markets, market. you'll have it where right. you list it. Luckily and for us, the numbers made sense. It was a fantastic deal. Yeah, for sure. Because we, so. we thought 160 was our number. Yeah, we thought maybe 160 max, and then... We got we, 170. Yeah. Boom. I was like, wow, okay. So at the end, um, we ended up splitting that. You got 15 grand. Right. Uh, did you ever run the numbers on what your commission would have been had you listed it? Yeah. I think... After <laughs> your splits, I think every, every real estate person, when they... They can't help but like, oh, what's the commission? Like you kind of just ballpark like what it would be. I mean, that would have been, I don't know, four grand, three grand maybe. So you made 5X that? Yeah. So that, I mean, there was no brainer at, at, at the and end. And you solved the seller's problems? We did what we're going to do in the first place, you know? And that's something that I was like, as, uh, as an investor, as an advisor at this point, that's what they chose to do. I was like, man, now imagine if I just did so many more of these and I put more time and energy into this than trying to find buyers or listing it's not that it's bad it's as a as a real estate agent and slash investor now okay. <laughs> hey, um, there it is. i mean you're always looking for solutions right but if you could have more people 
solve this problem this way, then you make a lot more money. Does it take more work? Yeah, but as long as you always present it as an option, I mean, that's just another tool in the tool belt for sure. And I always joke with sellers. I'm like, hey, I'm making money either way. Like either I'm going to sell it for you or I'm going to buy it from yeah. you. Right. So don't feel like there's any pressure from me. I said to me, it's just which way is better for you. And that's one of the easy ways that I provide like a no pressure option. Because I'll be like, look, either way, you know I'm making money. I'm either buying it as an investment, which right. in itself is a money-making opportunity, or I'm selling it. And I'll charge you a commission. So it's, it's, it's either way I'm making cash. Right. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, I have a lot of uh, past clients and people f from my sphere when they hit me up. Hey, let me know about my value of my home. The first thing I always tell them is like, hey, I could buy it from you. For sure said i'm looking at this number just and they're like hmm some of them are like you're crazy but i just i want to get myself in the habit of making sure that i remind always myself, put the offer always put that offer first because you never know you never know people tend to hold things back all their personal information when it comes to money and credit and all that stuff like it's so personal to them that they won't let you know hey you know what I might be going bankrupt here i'm way behind on bills so well and there's emotional stuff that you wouldn't know like i just right. almost bought a house from a client who called me and she said i want to sell it so well, what if i buy it from you we had agreed to 200 we were ready to buy it it was worth about 330 fully fixed up it's a bigger home so it would have cost them and uh i had agreed to 200 she was ready and the attorney for the probate said nope not going to do that Dang. and so she ended up listing it and she really didn't want to she made more we ended up getting a good price for it, but it was like, man, like, right. You know, I'd asked. That's, that's the only reason I knew. I said, what if I buy it from you? That's you have to ask. I mean, it's, it's just a really simple thing. I mean, you, you never know. And if you don't ask, you don't take action that way. Then you don't, I mean, I did it for another, uh, person I was talking to on the phone. She wanted to list a property. And then I brought that up. She's like, Hmm. Okay. Well, I've been running numbers too. What's your, no, we had a little conversation about it and she's not ready to make a decision. And, She's going out of state, but when she comes back, we're going to get together again and we're going to talk about it. I'm going to take a look at the property to see because maybe my number is – maybe it needs very cosmetic stuff. Maybe she, maybe it's in worse condition than we mm -hmm. thought, but it's just knowing all that information up front. Um, and again, in presenting it, and they get to make the decision. But I never want to forget again to make that an option. Do you feel like now you can do a deal by yourself? Because that's ultimately was the goal of that transaction. Yeah, uh, I could definitely do one. I mean, I could see me reaching out too because, I mean, just having a larger pool of – of end buyers is huge, right? Yeah. I have a handful of them, but I don't know if their money could be tied up. They could be doing other deals. Maybe they don't get back to and me. You know, we do it too. There's guys like uh, like Dean Rogers mm -hmm. who have huge buyer pools where it's like we might be leaving some money on the table. Right, and you never know. I mean, you got some investors coming from overseas in different states and stuff, and they're like, that's a great deal. I mean, depending where they're coming from. Right, right. So I mean, someone from LA looks at this and they're like. How much? Oh, yeah, 200, 200. If it's 250,000 or 260,000, no difference to me. What is that? That difference to me is $10,000. Like, <laughs> right, that, right. Yeah. I mean, well, that's we, a new car. That's yeah. a lot of stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. peace of mind. That's, uh, you know what? We, I can take the kids on vacation. That's you the know? first year of college. Uh, it's crazy when you think about it. But it's, yeah, it's just doing your due diligence yeah. and just being on top of it every day. And I think collaborating with people that are like minded and doing, I know. I know. So you guys did. A, I was going to ask you. My wife signed me up for your guys's um, investment thing that you guys were putting together, like the little uh, our class. meetup. 
we did up with, with a few yeah guys. we did a couple we've yeah. done one with the women's counselor of realtors oh, yeah, yeah it was that one she was yeah. like hey um, there's these guys that are doing this investment thing i think you should like go it sounds really cool and, and then she sends me to you're like that's the guy that just and helped I was like, make that's money. the guy i was just telling you about and she was like oh is it i'm like yeah she's terrible with names i think she calls like everyone like scott or kevin i'm like, or, uh. like who, who is that you're like yeah kevin i'm like it was scott she's like oh yeah scott, scott. she's all uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm like that's him right there we'll have to picture. go get dinner and then she'll know who i am yeah, yeah exactly we, we should do that but yeah so guys final thoughts on this deal um you know and, and moving forward what 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 is your guys is uh, and i especially want to hear from you hugo since it was your first uh, you know, true investment deal. What was the takeaway from that, that you're going to take it moving forward with any other investment stuff that you're doing or just business wise, personal wise, what was a big takeaway for you? The biggest takeaway for me, I would say is just make sure that's something that you present all the options to the seller and that you really let them know what the ramifications of each one is, the pros and the cons, and just be really adamant that you present all the options, right? In this industry, sometimes you get some shady people that are doing some things that you're not sure, and they tell them, oh, this is the only way you could do it. Um, I want to pride myself in my business and to conduct myself a certain way, to have these core values that I never deviate from because that's who I am as a person. That's how I'm going to conduct my business, and that's how I want to interact around people. So that's the one thing that I'm always going to do. So I appreciated you guys being the same way Mm -hmm. and Scott being the same way, very open about that. Um, I appreciated that. And the second thing is just taking action on it, right? Like, shoot them over the offer, talk to them, set up that appointment. And if you don't do that, then nothing's going to progress. So talk to them. Don't be scared to say no. This is the thing that blew me away. Scott was the nicest guy, but also like really firm on his number and the same way when we were talking. And I didn't, I didn't think that to be honest, I thought you're going to be like, okay, yeah, that's sure. That's fine. And that was me in my mind. I was like, yeah, sure. Just give him the number, man. Like whatever. What's the big deal? No, I, I mean, they, they asked me to come up right away to different numbers. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And then I left. Like we, yeah. I left the appointment, and Hugo was like, Hugo was like sitting there, like, did he just kill the deal? Yeah, and and I was I'm, like, I'm like, no, oh, okay. just, just relax, just see what happens. I was I like, wow, that was, that didn't go how I thought it was gonna go at all. Like it's over now, because in my mind, I think I don't know from what you read or movies or whatever. I thought, oh, this guy's gonna come back and like they're gonna try to beat you into submission. You're like, no, they're not. They don't want that. That's my number right now, and it's fine. We'll just walk away, and if this is still something they want to do, they'll come back, and we'll just move forward. And I think honestly, it, it, it resonated with me too. Cause it's same thing. Like when you're an agent, like yeah, you get commission breath when you're talking to people. Yeah. Don't list the house like, for oh, 700 if it's list. not worth 700. Yeah. Like you're just really chasing it and you can just, just come off really needy and people can't even put a finger on it when you talk to them, but they get that sense. Yeah. And it's the craziest thing that when I've tried, I don't say not care when I've had open houses or I'm meeting with people and I'm talking to them, as long as I'm giving them options and just having a regular conversation, I generate more business. I'm not even chasing it. Like I'm trying to like, oh, okay, you know, I'll get back to you. Not a big deal. Did you seem to gravitate towards people when you're just, I'm just being helpful and I'm not even trying to sell anything. And people just like that. So they need the information and eventually they're going to ask you, well, can, can you help me? Right. And that's what they did. I mean, I followed up with them for a few days and it was like, Hey, you know, how are you guys thinking? So that was the biggest takeaway for me. And on, yeah. honestly, I, this, probably the third thing would be don't, don't be scared to reach out to some people, whether it's you guys, even though you guys are younger. The whole point is you've taken action and you've done more wholesale deals and investment deals than most people do. The average person never does. So if you're really thinking about getting started in, in investing, find somebody that is in your area, somebody that you feel like you can trust, someone that is going to be willing to invest some time into you. And the thing is, 
generally the higher people that are killing it, they're hella busy. Like they're not going to be like, oh yeah, let me take on another person because everyone's hitting them up too. You know, I just needed people that were definitely steps ahead of me and have done it and have a proven way of doing things, which I know you had done multiple times. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me ask Scott. Scott's always replied to me. He's always been nice to me. So why go anywhere else? Like he knows. Yeah, exactly. So I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, For me, probably the biggest takeaway is that the education works. Um, you know, we've always talked about just like constantly giving back. And I've had moments where I've gone to people and been like, man, I swear I'm like wasting my time. I'm going, I'm teaching all these people this stuff. Nobody's doing it. And then they always hit me with, oh, you know, it's cool that you do that, but I couldn't do it. And it was making me frustrated. I think I can think back to a specific conversation where we were sitting in a conference room with you, me and Jason. And Jason was like, literally, he was like, shut the hell up. He was like, (laughs) think about if I had not poured into you when you kept doing the same thing to me. And he was like, now look, now you're in a spot where you can help a whole bunch of little Scots get to where you are now. And he was like, if you think that you're all that, then you need to get up and leave, man. And I was like, yeah, perspective, huh? (laughs) It was, it was a huge change. So to me, it was like, just, just like any other thing, it takes time. But once you've like helped enough people, somebody is going to take the steps that's going to lead to that. And you'll get all of that. And I even posted on my social media. I was like, shoot, this is the best feeling on earth. I had like this check and I was like, I am writing a check to my friend for $15,000 there was no animosity. I felt so good about writing it because it was like, it was a proof of concept to me that like it works. I can help somebody figure it out. And so. it was so cool just being in my spot too, kind of watching all this unfold from the sidelines. Cause not only were we both in a position where Hugo was trying to search for our first investment deal and getting at time and energy poured into us. But then now, like you were talking about us also working the education side, just being able to see that, everything works and how it all went was so freaking cool and you saw me i walked in i mean i had a smile from ear to ear bro i walked back from placer title and i walked in and i was like (laughs) we closed it's just that full circle effect you know and it's just like dude we're able to help somebody and, and now I, that's what I'm saying. Are you going to be able to help the next person? I think people are going to be able to come to you now and be like, you know, it's funny. Someone, what do I do? Someone hit me up the other day like, hey, um, what does this mean? This house I'm looking at, I'm thinking about maybe buying and flipping it and trying to do that. I'm like, oh, you know, t- talk to me a little bit about it. And the thing is, I already knew it. And a lot of us now, especially in today's day and age, we have the knowledge. It's out there. I mean, if you don't know, it's because you're not searching for it. I mean, you can find anything. But it's just having somebody to kind of bounce back and kind of be mm-hmm. that sounding board mm-hmm. for you. So I'm more than happy to to do that. I've always been that kind of person because uh, before when I worked at the hospital, I had to manage and, and I quickly realized the best feeling for me, the, the most satisfaction I got was seeing people grow and be the best versions of themselves and go do the things they wanted to do. Like more than the payment, more than anything, honestly. So if I'm able to make money and I can help somebody else to live the life that they want, like all day, sign me up. Like honestly, th- you're right. There's not a better feeling to have people that want it and you help them and point them in the direction and, and they go they get it. it. Like, dude, that's so sweet. Dude. That's awesome. It's like, I, I'm not a dad, obviously, so I don't know what that's like, but it's gotta be something like that where it's like, you've yeah. helped somebody who came to you and, and needed some help. And then like you did like a small portion and you recognize how little it is, but right. it was just that little bit to get them over the hump for them to go take off. It's very similar. Yeah. And I didn't really think about it that way, but it's just cause you pour your time and energy into it and, and you you want the best for this person and then they take action and they actually do it like learning to ride a bike or doing whatever like with my kids 
it's a proud moment, but they did all the work. I just try to help them and guide them along the way. Right. Same thing in business. There's people that are just never going to do it. <laughs> and cool, man. Like not a problem. There's, there's no hard feelings. And no. there's people that are like chomping at the bit. Like I need to do something now, bro. Like, can yeah. you help me? How can you do it? Show me. Um, and I'm a kind of person that if it wasn't for social media, thank God, um, it allows me to reach out to a lot of people and to you guys. Cause naturally back in the day, I was very introverted, but this allows me to ask CEOs, people that are making million dollars plus, and they'll answer me. So, I mean, that's a, a tip for everybody. I mean, you have more access now than ever. The only reason you don't is maybe you're scared to, to reach out, but ask, yeah. ask. You would be surprised at people that will actually reach out to you. Because like, to your guys' point, at one point, the big dogs of huge investors were where you were sitting. And they remember, like, dude, I was grinding like that. Sure, what do you need? Let yeah. me ask you this question. Like, That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this whole thing, I think, you know, you guys talked about your biggest takeaways. Just seeing all this unfold, going back to your full circle thing, uh, when you put in the work, it works. And now you can take this blueprint and, like you were Brilliant. saying, wh- why can't I have three, four, five, you know, however many of these going on? I-, I can take this experience and then go and repeat it. Not only for you, but Scott on, on the education side, yeah. you know, teaching what, more people, teaching more people, what, and what work. And like you were saying, when we were in that conference room, having that conversation with Jason and being so unsure and not having that right mindset for the both of us, I, the proof's in the pudding right there. Like we, we can take that and we know it works. Right. When, when you find someone like Hugo, when, when the you get the right guy, exactly, who go out and, and do that. You know what I mean? So. So, yeah, that's awesome. We were so pumped to have you come on, man. This has been so. And I'm sick. excited. I feel, I feel like we accomplished something. No, because at the end of the day, it's about highlighting those moments, right? And I think this podcast is about celebrating people that took action. Because I know, God knows, I watch, ask my wife so many podcasts and listen to them that it helps just set that mindset. Like, dude, you're right. Like, do the thing mm-hmm. and get the result. Yeah. I mean, I can't put an easier term. It's really that. Find the people that have done that. And you do the thing, get the result, and they'll guide you along the way. I'm I'm <laughs> hoping because we always talk about like whenever we do a last talk, like a last thought, every investor is always like, take action, <laughs> do it, take action, just do it. Like it's always a, a variation of those things. I hope that things like this just show people like because you had this deal for sure, and had you not just done it, we wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. I mean, you would have just either listed it or let it yeah, go. Yeah, and I think, and it would have been a totally different story. My mindset would be like, maybe it's not possible, right? And I am <laughs> telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, if you do the thing, you take action, and you seek advice from someone that's done it before, you can do it. I was the guy that said, ah, maybe it's not for me. No, it's BS because that's your mindset, honestly. So 100%. believe you can do it. Find the people, and you could do it. Sweet. Shoot. Well, Hugo, like Scott said, dude, we were so pumped to have you be the first person, uh, you know, on our podcast in our new studio, our new setup. So we couldn't have had a better episode, man. So thank you so much for coming. Appreciate the time, man. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. We appreciated everything. And uh, we're going to be starting season three pretty soon here. So keep an eye out. This is a standalone episode to highlight Hugo and his success and his future. And we're going to be getting back with you guys soon.